So inbound marketing has been with us, I don't know, over a decade or so, I suppose. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of marketers have caught on to it. And it's now sort of the new automated way to get customers. In this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, I visit with Todd Hockenberry, the co-author of a book called Inbound Organization. The evolution of inbound is that now it has to become something that becomes part of the culture, that becomes part of the organization. And it's beyond what we might traditionally think of as marketing. It's all about the customer. Check it out. Stuff like payroll and benefits are hard. That's why I switched to Gusto. And to help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited-time deal. You sign up for their payroll service today, you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com slash tape. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance, and my guest today is Todd Hockenberry. He is the founder of Top Line Results, a management consulting firm, and the co-author of a book we're going to talk about today called Inbound Organization, How to Build and Strengthen Your Company's Future Using Inbound Principles. So, Todd, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, John. It's a pleasure. I'm going to start off by challenging you for a moment. Um, we've been talking about inbound marketing, well, at least for a decade. I think that people have accused me of practicing inbound marketing for maybe 20 years. So what new are you bringing to the subject of inbound? I really appreciate you asking me that question. Uh, I love that question because um, there, there's some misconceptions around the word. I mean, inbound's been it's been associated with HubSpot, of course. Sure. Um, it's it's been really tailored to the idea of marketing. And what we're trying to bring to the table is uh, the idea that if buyers have changed so significantly that you had to change the way you marketed them, which is the basic premise of inbound marketing, right. then why? don't you have to change your entire business because your entire business is about um, attracting, keeping, satisfying, and creating loyal customers. So I would challenge you back and say, how many organizations do you work with in your interactions with people you buy from that don't treat you the way you want to be treated? Our premise is that if buyers have changed, then you have to change your entire organization to create the kind of customer experiences um, and create the kind of loyalty that you need in an age when anybody can find any number of other suppliers from around the world with just a click of a mouse or a click of a button on their phone. that's That's the change. We we want to change the word inbound to be a proxy essentially for how you have to create a, a business, not just marketing, that can succeed in today's world. Well, you're actually uh, validating one of my premises uh, uh, that everything is marketing in a business. So, <laughs> so, so I think in a way we are saying that because a lot of the business and the, you know, the way the business is seen and interacts with customers and employees and any other stakeholders is really, well, I mean, we're basically just saying, you know, customer centric, aren't we? It's exactly right. Everybody in the business impacts. I've I've actually challenged a lot of people to give me a person within any business that wouldn't be impacted by this. And I've yet to be stumped. I mean, I've I've gotten the janitor and, and I can tell you how the janitor impacts your customer retention if, if you have a facility, right? And they ever show up, right? The janitor is important. And, and but we talk about legal department. How many of us have gone through terms and conditions or contract negotiations where you have this great relationship with sales, you love the product, you're ready to go, and the lawyers just throw up wall after wall after wall? Uh, 
how many companies have you worked with that make it hard to pay you, pay them? I mean, which is the most amazing thing to me, right? You're making it hard to give give you money. Uh, that's the accounting department and the finance not understanding inbound and not understanding buyers. Um, how many service departments are run based on the idea of, of how many customers they can get through or how many pe- how fast they can get people off the phone as opposed to how they can help them be successful? Um, again, I would push back and say to any business owner, manager, leader that's listening to this, look at your own business, shop yourself, and think, would I really want to be treated that way? That's an inbound organization. When you start to put yourself in your customer's shoes and you look at every single thing you're doing through that lens, and then you start to change to create the experiences that people want. So, so let's back up a little bit. And and you, you've kind of, we've talked around it a little bit, but just sort of succinctly define what is the inbound organization? Well, an inbound organization is a company that understands this shift and creates a mindset first, changes their thinking, and then starts to build a culture around a mission with a vision for where they want to go that's centered on a specific kind of persona or target. That's uh, outcome goal is to create value for them by helping them achieve their goals. And then all the pieces and parts of the business that relate to executing on that, whether it's strategy, whether it's how you do your marketing, how you align your sales and your marketing, now talking about service, customer success. Um, that's a big one, actually. Customer success is a big part about inbound organizations. Uh, SaaS companies for years have had this kind of model for retention, for subscription-based, whereas mm-hmm. more brick-and-mortar or, say, capital equipment companies or manufacturing companies like I deal with a lot, they oftentimes, hey, it's out the door. We're happy, right? Well, they'll call us if they need us. It's, it's exactly the wrong attitude. Um, and, th- and then it extends into everything else, like I mentioned, with accounting, legal. It's your entire business, right? So that's an inbound organization who's who's understands the buyers have changed. The opportunities for buyers to find alternatives is far greater today than it's ever been. And you better build your entire business around that premise. Yeah, and I, I think that's the point that I think a lot of people miss, even if they feel like, hey, my business is doing, you know, doing fine. If you're not practicing what we're talking about today, you know, that comp- it just makes it so much easier for that competitor to steal your business, steal any kind of new market share, because that's how people want to be treated today. And I think that that's, you know, sometimes that's the hard part for people to see, you know, they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't realize that they are losing market share or losing opportunity. So I, I know you've probably heard this before. I, I hear it all the time too. Um, because when we, you know, when we work with folks, I mean, I, you know, I, I often kind of preach this whole idea and I have for, we have something called the marketing hourglass, which is really all mm-hmm. our stages in the customer journey. And, you know, second half of that whole hourglass is after somebody's become a customer. Exactly. And, and, and I think that, you know, for a lot of organizations, it stops at, you know, when somebody says, yes, they'll give you their money, you know, then that's like the end of the experience. So if I'm a company like that, and I mean, we can, you know, I don't have to pick on any, any, you know, anybody in general, uh, in particular, but if we're a company like that, where we've just, you know, we, this is foreign to us in a way, I mean, how do we turn the ship? I mean, I, I again, I'm 100% behind it. I believe that everyone needs to, but I also realize that I've got my accounting department. I've got my legal department. Sales has, a, you know, its own department. Service has its own department. How do I get my arms around kind of turning this big ship if, if it's sort of entrenched in, in, in place? Again, that's the question I get probably more than any. How do we start 
Where do we start? What do we do? And it always starts with leadership. It's going to rise and fall on leadership. Um, leaders have to adopt the mindset. They have to change the way they think. And that's number one. And if, if you're not going to think across the organization that this is something you've got to adopt, then it, you're going to have no chance to do it because you've got to create a culture that enables your employees to do this kind of work. You've got to be very transparent. You've got to allow them to make decisions quickly at the level of the customer and not go through bureaucracy or, or policy manuals to figure out what to do. Um, that all, that all, and there's a lot more to it. And we go into that in depth in the book, but Leaders have to allow or create an organization and a culture that can do this. I have a saying we we say to do inbound now, you have to be inbound. The idea there is you can't just adopt a methodology in your marketing department and think this is going to work. So it, it's it's it might work some, but it's not going to get you really where you want to go. Um, and and in terms of context, that was really the thinking behind the book was that we wanted to create kind of a manual for leaders to help them understand the context of these changes. A lot of marketing books, and you've written some great ones, John, and you got you are very much like most other authors in, in this space, right? You write books, most of the books in this space are written towards a particular discipline or a particular area of a business. And what we were trying to do was give context to leaders for the entire business. There's lots of books out there about marketing and sales and service. But we tried to write a book that talked about those things, but put it in the context for leaders, how they would, how they fit, as opposed to just saying, okay, well, I'm going to tell my sales guy to do this. Or I'm going to tell my marketing department to do that. It, it was really giving leaders the, the context of how they should do it and when they should do that. Yeah, and I, and I think what people, you know, listening to this, uh, if you're an organization, you think, yeah, we need to make some changes. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, you know, you, you, it's just like everything. I, you know, I'm 50 pounds overweight because I've been eating like this for 25 years, or right? right? So, um, and and that was just an example. I relate to that one, John. <laughs> but uh, um, and and so that's the thing too. Is I mean, people that I think adopt this that say I have to embrace this, I have to realize it might take a year, two years, because everybody's you know that's worked for you for 15 years doesn't think you're serious this time oh yeah you, you know john read another book so here we go again um and and so i think you do have to be i think very realistic about because probably at the heart of all of this you're going to have to change the culture of the business aren't exactly you? and um this is the hardest part for established businesses. If, if you're a startup or a relatively young business, what I've seen is a lot of kind of newer businesses, maybe started by people in their 20s or 30s, they kind of get a lot of this already. And they're already kind of baking this into their um, their, their business. I, I was just at a company here in Orlando um, yesterday that's in the payment processing business. They've have created a subscription model and um, amazing company, four years old, and they had no choice but to build their company this way because they were bootstrapping. They didn't have big budgets. They didn't have any higher bureaucracy, right? They, it was easier to kind of build it naturally. Whereas companies have been around a long time, we've got habit, we've got politics, mm -hmm. we've got bureaucracy, we've got we always have done it that way kind of thinking. Right. And what we usually start with with clients that are that are asking us to help them down this path is we start with the mission. And we want them to describe their mission. And uh, you, you went through this really well in your book, The Commitment Engine. And um, uh, we start there because we want leaders to say, you know, here's what we're about. And we get crazy answers, right? I'm sure you've seen those mission statements on the walls and offices that are full of buzzwords and nonsense. Or, you know, I've had one person, one business owner tell me his mission was to become a $100 million company. 
And I said, well, we've got a lot of work to do here. Uh, that, that, that sounds good for the customer. It does. It? Exactly. <laughs> so that's how I, we've, we've helped get owners and leaders thinking about why they're there, right? You know, read Simon Sinek's book, start with why. That's a great, great tool. Um, but that's where you've got to start. And then once you get that, you say, okay, we've got this mission. We want to be this now. Okay, how do we do that? And then it becomes, okay, well, do you have a structure and do you have a team? Do you have a, um, a, a plan in place to be able to execute on this? And we, we help in the book kind of people walk through that process. So that's where you got to start, though. If you don't get that right, it's not going to happen. Wouldn't it be great if in your business, all you had to do was the stuff you love, the reason you started the business, and not all that administrative stuff like payroll and benefits. That stuff's hard, especially when you're a small business. Now, I've been delegating my payroll for years to one of those big corporate companies, and I always felt like a little tiny fish, but now there is a much better way. I've switched over to Gusto, and it is making payroll and benefits and HR easy for the modern small business. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service to take care of your team. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited-time deal. If you sign up today, you'll get three months free once you're on your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com forward slash tape. You alluded to it, and I think the other thing that has to change a little bit is that, and I obviously I come from a marketing point of view, so I have you know for a long time joked. I think I think even in the first uh, chapter of duct tape marketing, <laughs> it's every business is a marketing business, mm -hmm. and and you may not call it that, but you know any way, shape, and form in which uh, your business comes into contact with a customer, it is performing a marketing function or or even a prospect, um, and I think that. Um, the, the hard challenge for a lot of businesses is that there are departments that don't see themselves that way. Um, that, you know, you, you talked about legal, but, you know, finance is a great one. I mean, you have this great mission driven, you know, marketing, messaging, branding, promise, you know, execution. And then, you know, marketing sends a or I'm sorry, finance sends a, a threatening letter saying, you know, we need to be paid in two days or, you know, we're going to come take your toys back or something. And, and you know, I, I think that's the one that's really hard for a lot of organizations. Well, what was the old Peter Drucker uh, almost cliche now? There's only two um, value-adding functions of a business, innovation and marketing. Everything else is a cost. Uh, I, I agree with that. I, and I think innovation today is as much about how you market and how you create a customer experience is as it is, is about your product or the technology. That's what we need. We need people that innovate in how they create relationships and, yeah. and market. And, and that includes everybody. That's, and again, it's just, a, it's a matter, it's like a value stream map, or if you're doing lean processes where you're trying to re reduce waste, this is the kind of thinking that a lot of businesses will adopt, right? They, they get those things. Well, they need to apply the same thinking to those relationships and how they create a customer and how they keep them and how they interact with them after they get them. Because again, you can't just assume that, um, that your, your accounting or your legal or your service or, or, or your customer follow-up is, is doing what you want them to do. You, you, uh, again, in many cases, it's even just wrong thinking about what you should be doing in that process. I mean, I think about all the surveys I get. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I hate surveys. I mean, they just give me five minutes of your time. What? 
how did yeah. why are you are you kidding me yeah. <laughs> are you at the, the best the, the best ones though are the ones that send you three reminders yes like what are you doing <laughs> I mean, do you not re, I mean, are you are you not like me where or, or am i not like you right i'm busy i've got a million things going on we're multitasking i have zero value added for me to do that for you none why would you do that right there's a better way so yeah. uh, i i think that's the that's the key message that it's like you really got to look at what you're doing and just really be objective and say, wow, this is really not helpful or I wouldn't like that if my, if I was being treated that way. And it kind of boils down to those simple things. Um, you know, Inbound Organization is a company that's really good at helping people. I mean, that sounds yeah. simple, but that's what you're shooting for. Well, and I think one of the things people underestimate, too, is that this isn't an event. I mean, this is something that's just never ends. I mean, it's it's continuous customer experience optimization. And the only way you're going to do that is and, and, and this is obviously going to be a luxury for a lot of companies. But the ideal way, I suppose, to do that is to have a customer experience officer or something, somebody that is looking at every handoff, you know, every touch point, every, you know, thing that the customer experiences. I mean, how, how many times <laughs> I work with business owners all the time and it's like, let's go look at your website and see what the customer sees. And they're like, I haven't been there for years. You know, <laughs> you know, I don't know what the customer sees when they go there. I don't know that email sequence that we wrote five years ago. I have no idea what it says anymore. Yep. Um, and I think that's the real challenge. You can't just put this in place. It, it's, it's, you know, it's a living thing. Isn't it? And, and that's, a, you, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a really good test uh, for companies, go look at your website and ask yourself a couple of basic questions. Who is this about, right? 90% of them, if not more, are about the company. We are, we make, we ship, yeah. we do. I call, I call that wee-weeing yeah. your customers. Yeah. It, it's, it's like an online catalog. It's, it could have been made in 1992 by some graphic artist. It's just now the digital version of that. Yep. Yep. It, is it about them? Right. When when they come there and, and somebody finds your site, how easy it to, is, is it for them to see themselves, their issues, their problems? That's a big one. Right. Because that, that's a really big clue. If companies are doing that right, if they're talking about the customer, then they're, they get it on at least some level. Um, that's a really good one. Um, but I, I like what you said, a customer experience officer, uh, CEO, they've already got one of those. But that the. The, the customer experience officer is or optimization is probably more important in, in, yeah. in the end of, at the end of the day. Yeah, it would just be somebody whose primary function is to stick their nose in everything and say, you know, is this a good experience? You know, why are we sending this email? I just I know I'd love to have one of those because, you know, we build so many things kind of in a, in a rush and uh, we put it out there and then we forget it's there. And uh, so having somebody that's sort of mindful of the journey and the experience uh, is has become, I, I think, the only way you really do this well. And I'm going to come back to the first question you asked me that challenged me about inbound. And, and I would say the inbound methodology says create a, a, an offer, put it on a landing page, have a thank you page, yeah. set up a lead right, nurturing right, sequence, right? right. right? Yeah, yeah. Inbound organizations challenge that thinking because they say, okay, is that lead nurturing email helpful? Would I like to yeah. get that, right? Is this yeah, yeah. is it working, right? Challenge the methodology because, again, the methodology is great. The, the tools are amazing. But it's not about the methodology following it slavishly. It's about figuring out what your customers love and then doing that. Um, yeah. I, I saw what happened with the GDPR stuff uh, over the last few months. People just freaked out. But, that was crazy, wasn't it? But it was great because it forced my yeah. client, our clients and us yeah. too yeah. to think about what we're doing. Should we be yeah. sending that email? Should we? Yeah. Should yeah. we? Be, and I loved it because it really challenged you to think about what you're doing and whether you should do it. It's, it's not just a matter of doing it, right? It's, it's 
is it helpful? Does it does yeah. the client really want it? And, and I think that that probably as much as anything uh, kind of points to the evolution of inbound. I think inbound was an innovation in itself because it was a more effective way to attract customers to you know move them along the journey. But I think the real evolution is that, you know, I think I think us marketers, you know, kind of turn that into the new automated way to get customers. Yeah. And uh, and I think the innovation is to now say, OK, now let's use what the behavior people are used to to give them uh, a truly unique and personalized experience. And, I, you know, it just raises the bar another notch, I think, for marketers who get it. Oh, no question. And uh, uh, we're, we're pushing back on our clients, too, with things like, um, you know, do you gate content or do you ungate it? And yeah. and clearly with mobile traffic and and people engaging, I mean, people get it, right? You, you fill out a form. Okay, I fill out the form. Oh, you're going to send me emails. Oh. You know, they know, right? So why do it, right? Think of a better way. Um, yeah. Drive engagement different ways. You know, c- capture leads when they're ready uh, more appropriately so you don't annoy them. Um, yeah, yeah. Use Facebook Messenger bots. That's the new thing. Yeah. Well, and again, again, like, like what, I was being facetious well, there. I, you know, well, what did, that's going to be the new thing for a while. Exactly. What, did, what does Gary Vee say? Marketers ruin everything. They'll ruin that yeah. too. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, Todd, tell uh, people where they can not only find uh, you in the book, but uh, you also, when we were starting this up, uh, you're starting your own podcast. So tell us about that. Yes. Um, Dan Tyre and I, who uh, uh, was a co-author of the book Inbound Organization, I are starting a podcast here. It's called Inbound to the number two, Grow. Uh, you can go to that URL or check us out on any of the other podcast uh, listing services. And you can find me at... Uh, uh, two places, inboundorganization.com is, a, is our website about the book. Lots of helpful information there, free downloads, some bonus materials. And then um, uh, my company's top line results, and that is uh, top-line-results.com. I uh, would love to talk to any, any of you about inbound organizations anytime. All right. Well, Todd, thanks so much for joining us, and hopefully uh, we'll uh, run into you out there on the road sometime. Oh, my pleasure, John. Thanks a lot. <laughs>